0: A reading from Luke 9, 46-44 An argument started among the disciples as to which of them would be the greatest. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child and had him stand beside him. Then he said to them, Whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For it is the one who is least among you all who is the greatest. Talk about, um, we were talking about hierarchy yesterday, uh, a little bit. Um, and, and when we were off, uh, I talked about the hierarchy within a family and, you know, this striving to be the best is so common to all of us. We don't even think about it, but in terms of the church, what does the concept of the best really mean?
1: Mm. That's a great question. Yeah, I think it's oftentimes the opposite of what we imagine it to be. I think of Jesus constantly reminding the disciples of his mission. You know, and one of the things he says is the Son of Man, he didn't come to be served, but he came to serve and give up his life as a ransom for many. And so, like we were talking about, This is the upside down kingdom. And it's counterintuitive for us, especially when we're so exposed to the right side up kingdom. I deal with this with soldiers all the time in the army because you can't get more right side up than the army. There's a very clear pecking order order and hierarchy. And there's a very clear order of the way things are done you receive an order from a commander, you have to do it, it's a lawful command. But Jesus, he turns everything on its head and he asks for us to do the same thing, which is why I really do believe that as a Christian, you've never fully arrived because you never get this right. Uh, It's a constant struggle against yourself and your own nature. Because by nature we desire, like you said, to to make ourselves the greatest or the best.
0: David, let me ask you. I don't think we've ever talked about this, but in your role in your military role, I know you. You know, you went to Afghanistan and everything. But how do the soldiers you deal with that are under you? Um, how many do you think are actually uh, believing christians and and you know and, and are very open to that aspect of who you are
1: that's a great question so my deployment was very interesting i had soldiers in nine countries some of them were in wonderful places that are very nice like dubai others were in the middle of nowhere in afghanistan and i would say The worse the living conditions, the more open they were
0: to Christ (laughs) and to his movement. I'm not sure what that says about (laughs) (laughs) Grenada. Yeah, well,
1: I would say the majority of soldiers, uh, they have a religious background, right? On their dog tags, right? When you join the army, you say what your religious preference is. And the majority of them do have some type of Christian preference, predominantly Roman Catholic. And so there is that basis of faith. Um, But the interesting thing about the chaplaincy is you exist, you know, so that these soldiers can practice their first amendment rights. So you're doing ministry in this pluralistic environment with Islamic and Hindu and pagan and all different types of soldiers. And, What I found interesting being in the Middle East, talking about this upside down kingdom, is one thing that's really beautiful about Islam is that five times a day, although this is kind of mandated or forced, you have a call to prayer and you get on your face. And essentially what you recognize five times a day is that you aren't God. And that's actually incredibly healthy, I think for the soul. And that was a a really important thing, I think, for me to witness in my time overseas.